Welcome to the Faculty Podcast. This is Tommy Keene, Professor of New Testament here at RTS Washington. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll be posting some special episodes in our Faculty Shorts series. Uh, For those who don't know or don't remember, these are bite-sized, one-topic interviews with scholars, professors, church leaders, uh, a bit more than an appetizer, but a bit less than a full meal and perfect for a quick mental boost, perhaps on your commute or uh, for your listening pleasure. We had the opportunity to interview several colleagues and friends recently at the academic conferences in November. Wanted to share them with you alongside our regular programming. Hope you enjoy. As always, there's extra links in the show notes, including relevant books, links for leaving feedback and questions, and of course, one for donating to RTS Washington. Dudrick, who I found at a uh, here at ETS IBR, he's an expert in Revelation, Pro- associate professor of uh, New Testament at Reformation Bible College. I thought I'd pick his brain a little bit because I mean one of the things that uh, is increasingly discussed about Revelation is you really need to understand the Old Testament in order to better uh, understand what's going on in the book. So he. Uh, has done his work in Jeremiah and Revelation, so I thought I'd start there. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, how does Jeremiah actually help us to read, appropriate the book? What unlocks for us? Sure. Thanks, Tommy. I appreciate the question. Um, one of the things that Jeremiah unlocks, it helps us understand the kind of significance of the figure of Babylon in the book of Revelation. Uh, most of John's use of Jeremiah revolve around that figure. Uh, And so it's very much shaped by the role that Babylon played uh, back in Jeremiah's own kind of prophetic corpus. It's kind of that kind of ultimate and kind of end time final um, uh, rival uh, to God and his people. And so kind of just as God uh, brings judgment and vindication uh, for his people against Babylon uh, in the context of Babylon exile, we see a similar kind of figure taken up and applied to uh, this kind of figure this uh, uh, great prostitute in the book of Revelation. Right. So Babylon then kind of represents the great anti-city of God, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You think about the city of God, this is the city of man. Represents kind of a sinful humanity, unfallen man, uh, fallen man in all its kind of um, social, social, cultural, economic kind of uh, representation. Right. So when we come to Revelation then, like what does Babylon represent? Does Babylon represent Rome? Does Babylon represent this idea of, of, you know, just the corrupt state? Like, how would you help us think about that figure? Yeah, yeah, it includes that, but more, you know, you, you see the, the figure of Babylon uh, in Revelation kind of riding a beast, and she's right. actually eventually cannibalized by uh, the kings of the earth. Right. And so uh, it's something more than that. I like to kind of see here as kind of kind of sinful humanity in all its kind of social, economic, and cultural manifestations, kind of in humanity institutionalized writ large. It's it's interesting as Babylon's described there in like 16, 17, 18, you know, wait, am I getting that right? 17? It, it begin, yeah, you begin to see it kind of building up towards the judgment of Babylon yeah. in 16, and then you have it kind of focused, kind of laser beam-like in chapter 17 and 18 and, uh, and in the first part of 19. 
Yeah, I mean, it starts out, you've got these kind of like horrific sins, mm -hmm. some things that we would just sort of naturally regard as just awful kinds of sins and mm -hmm. uh, idolatry, mm -hmm. you know, just sexual promiscuity mm -hmm. and things like that. And then suddenly it gets like merchants are suddenly there buying spices. Right. right. <laughs> like, what's going on with that? Like, why, why are these more ordinary, um, putting ordinary in quotes for our our, our listening audience. Yeah. What are these kind of more ordinary sins? Sins. Yeah. And I mean, the what th happens? The with two them? big ones oh. you mentioned are sexual morality, you know, and and, and idolatry, prostitution, yeah. and things of that nature, and those are kind of used as kind of a word pair even earlier in the book to kind of characterize kind of both social and kind of cultural uh, idolaters compromise in a lot of different ways. So yes, it includes sexual morality and idolatry, largely kind of wrapping around kind of pagan worship in the first century but it's used kind of an image writ large for any kind of idolatrous compromise yeah. and giving into kind of idolatrous sinful human culture. So Babylon is kind of the mother of prostitutes in that way. She kind of figures the entire complex of sinful socioeconomic behavior and, right. and power. Right. Yeah. So even as like an, a merchant, I could get right. kind of co-opted by the, mm -hmm. the idolatrous system. And the kings of the earth are initially kind of co-belligerents with her, but her ultimate judgment is that she's cannibalized by the very kind of allies that she has. That's kind of the picture that's seen of her judgment in chapter 18. Okay, and so obviously God wins. Yeah. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. assuming that you yep. agree. Yep, yeah, I agree with that, yes. <laughs> so so how, does that, how does that kind of give encouragement to Christians? So how, how should we think about Revelation, its message for us today, given that kind of picture we get from Jeremiah? Uh, I think what's helpful about Revelation, especially when I kind of teach it to just, you know, a Sunday school class or just kind of a, you know, a freshman at college, is just kind of pressing upon the importance of seeing kind of the use of apocalyptic imagery kind of pull the curtain back and to kind of help people realize, you know, you aren't the star in your own story. Mm. You're part of a larger kind of redemptive historical uh, process here. Uh, and that God is working all of these things for our good and our vindication, knowing that even the bad things, even, even our suffering, are the means by which we will be vindicated mm -hmm. and seen to be mm -hmm. just before Him on the basis of Christ's work of redemption. Uh, and so Revelation does that in a way that helps us understand that even though when we see kind of the things before us seem to be kind of very much slated against us. Uh, God is using it ultimately for uh, His glory and our good. That's great. That's great. I mean, we're at Red SBL, mm. so we have to nerd out a little sure, bit. Sure, absolutely. So I did the uh, little paper on the Septuagint earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, text form, Jeremiah, does, uh, does, does Revelation go the... Uh, MT, or does it go like Taylor's version with the Septuagint? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because it dovetails a lot of what you were kind of emphasizing in your own paper, that it's kind of a, a mixed bag in certain ways. Uh -huh. um, but if you look at particularly John's use of Jeremiah in particular, um, where you can tell the difference in my work, uh, a lot of places you can't tell the difference. Mm -hmm. right? the, the, the Greek text seems to be reflecting something like a proto-MT or Hebrew yeah, text. Yeah. Uh, but when they do differ, it's overwhelming in favor of an, a proto-MT text. Mm. And that's significant because not simply in terms of Hebrew versus Greek, because eventually you're looking at the old Greek, it, there's a Hebrew exemplar likely underlining it. The difference is that when you look at the ordering or the shape of Jeremiah in the old Greek versus the proto-MT, you have very large parts of the book 
reorganized, differently yeah. ordered to where it actually sets up a different kind of redemptive historical narrative mm -hmm. where you see in the MT, uh, Babylon is the final opponent. Her judgment kind of uh, capstones the book before you have that kind of historical um, epilogue in chapter uh, 52. But it's the judgment of Babylon that kind of marks God's end time vindication of his people when he restores them from exile. But, and so it's kind of a, it's a comedy of sorts, if you think about it in mm. terms of dramatic mm. uh, language. But when you look at the old Greek version, you have the oracles of the nations in the middle of the book. Right. You have Babylon actually featured earlier in the kind of list of oracles. And then even after those oracles, you have the remainder of the book, which is a narration of Israel's demise, degeneration, and ultimately kind of um, exile into uh, Egypt, mm. right, as Jeremiah is kind of taken, abducted, and taken down there. Yeah. And so the reading of that version is a drama of tragedy. Mm. You know, it, it's kind of a sad note. Here's mm. an explanation of why you're in exile. The Prodent is on a high note. The Old Greek is on a low note. Yeah. And it's interesting that for John, because the figure of Babylon is such an important kind of feature in his kind of apocalyptic picture, um, where it seems that he's favoring one text over the other consistently seems to be where you can tell a difference, the Proto-MT, mm. where the kind of significance of Babylon has that function in Jeremiah to communicate that same redemptive historical reality in the book of Revelation. More so, so it seems to have that optimistic, that collective memory of the Proto-MT's order uh, seems to be reflected in John's use of it. Does that connect up? I mean, I was going to ask you this anyway, but now I have to ask Yeah, you. sure. Does that connect up with the nations bringing their glories into heaven at all? That's a, that's what do you a, do with that verse? Yeah, yeah, that's a fascinating question. You know, that image is much more kind of, um, I think, influenced by Isaiah's kind of uh, background. Uh, I heard a great paper earlier on at ETS, uh, kind okay. of seeing kind of all the nations yeah, seeing so, God as a yeah, kind of pastiche of a number of different Isaiah texts in concert with Daniel and Zechariah. Um, so that's an interesting kind of confluence there. You know. The book of revelation is really kind of a whole amalgam of lots of different old testament mm -hmm. texts being pulled mm -hmm. together um but yeah it's an interesting connection yeah. to make there well thanks matt great to see you no my pleasure